Welcome to the Self-Love Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Rosenberg. I am the author of The Human Magnet Syndrome, The Codependent Narcissist Trap, and the creator of the Codependency Cure and Hitch Trauma Resolution Treatment Programs. If you identify with codependency, which I renamed the Self-Love Deficit Disorder, or you're caught in the crosshairs of narcissistic abuse or gaslighting, you've come to the right place. Expect the very best information that I know, whether from my own personal journey of recovery or through my 35 years of professional experience. What separates my work from others is my understanding of the origin of the problem, the solutions, and the necessity to take responsibility for one's broken picker that always points them to the dream of the soulmate, but the nightmare of the cellmate. So join my self-love recovery community and set your sights on the cure, self-love abundance. You guys probably know I'm a huge fan of metaphors. I'm sure most of you have read my book, The Human Magnet Syndrome, but the whole idea of the book, the concept, the theories came from an essay that was chock filled with metaphors. It was called Codependency Don't Dance. And I use this dance metaphor to explain why codependents and narcissists come together. The caretaker needs the care needer. The selfish needs selfless. And together, they dance this flawless dance. So I came up with this analogy to explain how narcissists embed themselves in relationship with SLDs. For you guys who are new, the term that I use for codependency is self-love deficit disorder or SLDD or codependent is self-love deficient or SLD. So when I'm in this session with this SLD and she is having a really difficult time with a common law partner who I believe has narcissistic personality disorder in the beginning of the relationship, everything was exciting. It was the human magnet syndrome. It was joy, excitement, ecstasy, or what I describe as limerence, and everything is perfect. The SLD naturally wants to take care of the narcissist and do everything to make him or her happy. And the narcissist is joyful and ecstatic about having someone who will finally accept them for who they are. So in the beginning of this relationship, assume it's an SLD who is a caretaker who's successful and has money, and it's a narcissist who, from the very beginning, does not want to participate in a mutual reciprocal relationship. Early on in a relationship, the human magnet syndrome says the narcissist and the SLD, the codependent, they come together naturally because the opposite personalities seem to fit and seem to work really well. But there are so many cases that I have worked with where from the get-go, the narcissist is exploitative. Some are secretive, some are obvious, and most are in between, where they don't plan to be equal partners, and they, some purposely, choose a partner who will take care of them. These pathological narcissists might just have narcissistic personality disorder, but more often than not, they have some level of sociopathy, and that can be someone who's a covert narcissist, which is someone with and PD, narcissistic personality disorder, and sociopathic traits. The difference is one is completely pretending to have the human emotions of empathy, sympathy, compassion. And early on, they promise they even hold jobs just long enough to show that they are and they want to be an equal partner. 
but typical to these covert narcissists or sociopaths, they are lying. They are looking for a caretaker to take advantage of. And next thing you know, this relationship moves forward, sometimes for years, decades, and they don't often get upset in the beginning because that's their frame of reference. That's how they were brought up as a child. They determined early on that they get love for what they do or don't do. So naturally, they grow up to be adults and they find value in taking care of someone. But if this SLD caretaker should read my Human Magnet Center book, they will find out that this is not normal. They will start to unravel or peel back the gaslighting onion to find out that these ideas of being the responsible, good spouse who takes care of her family, they will start to feel resentful. And that's the one thing that I work very diligently on is to change the frame of reference to offer up another way of thinking that is in contrast to the gaslit narrative that has been pushed into them, implanted or inculcated. In those situations when the SLDs have an awakening that they have been siphoned off, that their partner is a parasite. And I know that's a strong word, but think of exactly what a parasite is. They are an organism that lives off and they take away from the host organism. And this type of narcissist is the same thing. Think of like a vampire. You know, we all know what a vampire is. A vampire lives off their blood. They are able to seduce whoever is going to give them their blood, their neck. So if you look at it from that point of view, these narcissists have to find a way to repackage the relationship, repackage the SLD's thoughts about it to make it seem normal. Because to anyone else, it would seem incredibly imbalanced. It would seem manipulative. And in fact, that's often the case. But the awakening moment comes with my self-love recovery treatment program to get them to peel back, uncover, or look underneath the gaslit narrative and see what actually is true. And that moment for me, it's exciting because that's when they have their own eyes and ears and they can trust their perceptions and see, you know, OMG, I can't believe this has happened. And they get upset. They get resentful. Now, that's good because it's not like I'm trying to turn them against the narcissist just for the sake of, you know, I don't like narcissists, but to get them to understand what they've lost. If you have been manipulated, gaslit to believe it is normal to take care of everyone else, to not ask for a lot, and should you ask for something and you are met with a reply that you're being selfish, which is projection, that's why a lot of people who ask me if they think they're a narcissist, they're often codependents who have been gaslit. And that moment, it's a moment of reckoning when it's crystal clear they have been duped. So we move away from the analogy. Remember, I love analogies and metaphors. We move away from the analogy of the vampire and we come up with an analogy, which is the umbilical cord and the symbiosis that bonds the mother and the child. I'm not an obstetrician, but what I do know, because one, I'm a father, I was there during birth. A child, a fetus, is connected to the mother's bloodstream through an umbilical cord. 
And there's all sorts of other stuff, you know, placenta, uterus, and other biological stuff that you probably can get from another YouTube video. But the child lives on whatever the mom eats, whatever is in her environment. If she smokes, the child gets that nicotine, that tar, and all that toxic stuff. If she eats well, like most pregnant women do, and takes the right vitamins, that child takes that. And that is why pregnant women are so tired, anemic, sometimes sick. So like siphoning, like leeching, or whatever term that we can use to describe the same thing, the narcissist will extract everything that they need, happiness, security, money, self-esteem, sex from their narcissistic partner. And when we use this metaphor of an umbilical cord, there's this really strong picture of everything that is of importance that the SLD normally would keep for themselves to make themselves healthy is given away. The difference between a child and his or her mother and a narcissist and their partner, that child's umbilical cord gets cut and over a period of 20, sometimes 25 years, is taught, learned, and encouraged to be independent. But with the pathological narcissist, this metaphorical umbilical cord is not cut. It, it remains. And the SLD doesn't even know it. They get tired. They get exhausted. They get aggravated. They start to have uh, mental health issues, medical issues, issues that no one can recognize, such as fibromyalgia or psychogenic medical problems that no one has a name for. The saddest thing about the narcissist who, through this umbilical cord metaphor, takes almost everything is they will do it until their partner loses everything. But as sociopaths, they will stop at the point when they believe their source is about to run dry. Now, that might look to the SLD as, oh my gosh, he loves me. She loves me. He finally has empathy. I can't believe that I'm seeing this. But what you're seeing is not a reversal. It's not a moment of insight. They're scared to death of living on their own, taking care of themselves, and they don't have any experience of bringing in the self-esteem, bringing in the friends, bringing in the energy and commitment to take care of others to work, and they panic. So these emotional vampires, these metaphorical babies that are still connected to the codependent through this umbilical cord, they start to change. And this will convince the codependent that there is hope. But as soon as everything kind of calms down and they return back to their caretaking mode, the narcissist picks up that umbilical cord and sucks the codependent trap. So what I want you guys to consider, and many of you might not have any concept this is happening, is that a healthy relationship, and this is how I define codependency and pathological narcissism in my human magnet syndrome book. A healthy relationship is defined by a near equal distribution of love, respect, caring, and trust, LRCT. A codependent or an SLD is a person who gives most, if not all, of the love, respect, caring, and trust away. They hope it's gonna be reciprocated. It's not reciprocated. And depending on their personality type, 
they stay in the relationship. So that is the simple definition of SLDD or codependency. Anyone who stays in a relationship and gives all the LRC heat away wants it to be reciprocated. It's not, and they stay for all sorts of reasons that are discussed in other videos, is what I call an SLD. Conversely, the narcissist needs all the love, respect, care, and trust, does not have any plans to reciprocate, does not feel guilty, have any empathy for not reciprocating, and even when their partner tries to force them, manipulate them to make it equal, they stand their ground and they have no intention. And so I beseech anyone who is listening to this, if you're an SLD and for some reason this video has opened up your mind and you're tired, you don't feel well, you are resentful for having to take care of everyone and not getting anything in return, that's a good sign because you're waking up. The dangerous sign is when you don't even notice it and you think, well, that's your lot in life or that's what a good partner does. Wake up and look for the umbilical cord because if your partner is a better person because of everything you sacrifice and there's not this two-way mutual type of relationship, you are being killed emotionally, spiritually, relationally. You can be like my poor mom, God rest her soul, who died a broken codependent while my dad was actively, arrogantly, and selfishly being narcissistic, even on her deathbed. You have a chance to cut it off. You have a chance to close the spigot, but you have to own what you need. You have to own what is yours because being selfless and sacrificial, although it's a positive trait, but at the expense of your mental health. Consider if you have children, they're watching mom or dad be depleted, being sucked dry, or being manipulated. You're setting an example for kids and you don't even realize it where they think maybe it's normal for one parent to take all the responsibility and to take care of everyone and, and be okay with it while the other one has fun. And that's a shame because they're going to carry that into their adulthood. So more than feeling depleted and exhausted and wanting to take care of yourself and realizing that no matter what you do, what you say, what you ask will change. And I have another video in part of my book that talks about how narcissists will do almost anything should you terminate or threaten to terminate the relationship. You owe this to yourself. You know, they say when you, you're on an airplane that when the oxygen mask drop, you don't put it on the child who's most vulnerable. You put it on yourself first because what good are you to the child if you pass out from oxygen deprivation? Well, I say that to you. If you can relate to this, of this idea of the emotional vampire, the parasite, or this concept about the umbilical cord, if this resonates, my guess is you've probably been gaslit. And it starts way early, well before your partner, well before all the relationships. You don't have to live as a dispensary for life source, as a dispensary for fun, as a dispensary for freedom. You are not brought onto this earth to sacrifice. You deserve what you bring into this world. You deserve the good things that you work hard for.
And should you identify in this martyr type of way, this salt of the earth type of person, what I call a passive SLD, if you identify that as a positive, then you have been gaslit. Life is short. You deserve enjoyment. You deserve fulfillment, especially if you earn it. So you need to turn the spigot off. You need to pull the leech off. You need to get the garlic cloves or the cross and thinking vampires out. Or you need to get the scissors and snip that umbilical cord and prepare for the fight of your life. That's why in my 11th stage self-love recovery program, setting boundaries and finally breaking free from the narcissistic abuse does not happen until the middle of it because there's nothing worse than getting excited and pumped up and ready to finally find your voice and not have the support systems the mental health and the self-esteem to pull it off. So in closing, self-love is the codependency cure. There's nothing more important than taking care of yourself and it is not selfish. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Building a self-love recovery community means the world to me. Spread the word, let people know what we're talking about. And until we meet next, I'd like to leave you my favorite of all sayings by George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't forget that. Our future is in our hands, despite what anyone has told you before. You can be the self-love abundant person you've always dreamt of. It's your birthright.